before we do, I like to start my interviews off with a little bit of a softball. What was your first job in the movie and TV industry? Oh, that's a that is an interesting softball. Uh, well, uh, paid job or actual? I, I I started making movies when I well I first managed to get hold of a camera when I was eleven and started making short films when I was a kid. Uh, my first paid job beyond a wedding video. Uh, would have been uh, I, I got I, I managed to get a job at Granada to ITV in in England uh, as a, uh, a as a kind of filming cameraman and that was my kind of first forage into professionalism but uh, but yeah but I've I've I, I started out very young I always wanted I always loved the movies and I've always you know wanted to make movies and kind of share those human stories and and I think yeah for as long as I remember I made some really bad short films when I was. <laughs> That was a young team, so uh, yeah. I've, uh, hopefully, no one ever sees those. Uh, and uh, uh, but yeah, that's that's my starting starting point. Who were some of the early influencers for you that made you want to get into the industry? Oh, for sure. Like, no, I, I I think I got scarred by RoboCop early on. Uh, uh, the you know Paul Verhoeven masterpiece, um, and I think that really like I remember watching that. It was like sinful delight, age eleven, seeing his uh, hand getting blown off there with all my friends, kind of going oh. And uh, I remember that like the uh, the first Terminator, Aliens, Terminator Two, like Cameron, I I adore. I think obviously incredible, and and the usual suspects, right? Like of, of enjoyable. Uh, cinematic fair of like Indiana Jones and Back to the Future and uh, you know so Zemeckis and Spielberg are definitely up there on my list of loves um, uh, but yeah I think I, it's weird I, I speak to a lot of people who have similar who've had similar kind of tastes growing up you know at a young age that's influenced them in a certain way but um, yeah Robocop weirdly sticks out as one that, that now it's yeah there's a strange fascination going on there I love going back and watching RoboCop. Like it's it's yeah. it's so fascinating to watch it so many years later and see. It kind is. Of, it's it's crazy. It's held um, up with you. like it holds it, up in the strange. It yeah, it's like it's it's so like what I think with Verhoeven is he had his tongue in his cheek and no one saw it right. And then in retrospect, you go, oh, right, I see what you're saying. But actually, as a child, maybe like when I was younger, maybe I didn't really see the kind of sarcasm of the notion. It was more the campness of kind of the drawing that kind of let me into it. But it was, uh, yeah, it totally sticks with you. And it's just that visceral, I guess that life and death notion as well, like that exploration of, of, of self and everything else. It's like, it's, it's all in there weirdly. And, and uh, it, it's almost cheapened by its title, isn't it? But it's so good. I think I want to go, I think I want to go watch it tonight now. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, yeah. What was that? the reason we're here you wrote and directed the film fall what inspired this story uh, uh two things like one was a, a you know a, a fear of heights which i think most people have to some degree largely uh but it was really like thinking about um what is i've done a few different films to that point and 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 usually they were kind of rewrites of other films that kind of you know because to get to get a film made is its own little challenge that, that kind of is as hard as it is right so uh but but myself and the the, the co-writer John or he we were very much like okay everything's changed like the landscape's changed streaming has changed things all these things have happened and like cinematically what is something that that will really offer a a, a, a 
really use cinema for what it's meant to be used for, but but in a contained way that we can do because if we, you know, there's a way that the only films that are kind of coming out with this level of spectacle, they kind of reach into the $100 million budget range. And the only reason that you would ever get that film made would be if it's kind of an IP recycle or rehash reboot, which we're all kind of a bit fed up of. So how do you kind of get something original and, and make it a uh, spectacular and cinematic uh, spectacle? So it was it was that kind of brief that we took along with the the, the idea that no one's really done a full film exploring fear of falling horror of heights that we kind of combined into this is this is you know this could be that i think one of my I, and i remembered this as you were you were talking is i think one of my favorite parts of the film is how you also a kind of attack not attack maybe you conversate about the social media you know social media about how yeah. you know the character there was just so fascinated and you just kind of took that away from the character yeah. and she was just like befuddled she didn't know what to do with herself and it's yeah. really a commentary on that was that done on purpose yeah absolutely i think i took all i think well both of us we took a lot of inspiration from different things and i, I think one of the things that was almost like horrible to watch was <laughs> some of the uh, influencer social stuff where people are hanging off buildings and doing this stuff where you're like stop 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 and you're like screaming at them please never do that it's so it's such a you know for the for the benefit of it it's kind of such a waste of the risk of life right don't risk your life doing this crazy stuff but but there is the other side of that right which is actually like doing things you know challenging yourself to overcome fears and live your life is an important message and there is a balance there i'd say and and so yeah so we wanted to kind of explore that and say okay who's you know and and i think the central the way we found a way into it was was really kind of around grief and how people deal with grief and loss and having hunter's character go one way pushing out towards that kind of going too far and 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 and, and becky's character retracting inward and looking at the conflict that that caused between the friends so i i, I yeah it was it was it was a conscious uh thing to explore that um i i'll say on the other hand though i would say that the like i i also think there's an element of great filmmaking and, and there's a lot of creativity that goes on in that space that's often overshadowed because of kind of stupid stuff kind of pops to the top and and it's a shame because i think like the next generation of filmmakers like going back to that when i was 11 if i was 11 now i'd be making those kind of films so like, that's that's a creative space isn't it so i i think there's also a great benefit that should be encouraged on that side just just stop hanging off buildings <laughs> and you speak of your two leads um you have a a, a well-written script you have the idea in mind for the direction but i don't really feel like this really comes to life without the perfect cast right you know yeah. grace and virginia are incredible together yeah. uh, their, their chemistry is great and stuff like that but how did the casting of these two characters come about uh, the so so I was I was very lucky in the sense of that the, the direction of the movie went from rather than doing the 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 kind of huge studio version right or even the kind of semi studio version which probably wouldn't turn out well like we ended up adopting this attitude of right to pull this film off we do the other way around right we get a kind of we bake it right down and we film it for real and all these kind of things and part of that was okay let's do the best version of this movie without the caveat of casting that person for the wrong reason. So really it was down to James Harris, Christian Mercury, David Haring, the, the finance producers who basically said, let's just cast the right people. Let's go through a process and not do the, the, the wrong thing. And that really kind of led me to a different type of search that you would normally do on a movie. And it's honestly the first time in a film where, where I've been 
kind of endowed with that freedom from everyone to actually cast the right people and and I, I, you know, I went through an exhaustive list and met with lots of uh, people on Zoom because it was COVID. Uh, and, and I kind of tried to weed out anyone who was kind of fibbing to me about comfort at high levels of filming. Uh, and uh, and then really what, you know, what complete, I, I kind of fell in love individually with both of them anyway. But when they did their, their, their cast chemistry read, I was like, these two are like the friends that, that I wanted to kind of out this. You know, they have a chemistry, but they're also, there's a big part of them that is their character and there's kind of a, like a fallback reality that that they are kind of them to some degree you know and they have a part to kind of like lean into and i think uh uh yeah and it just came to life and they were just so so unbelievably good such unbelievable sports to, to not not just climb a tower and hang off right like every day in this film middle of the desert out in the middle of nowhere we had to drive down dusty roads like horrible conditions up a mountain have a little like car drive us up a mountain a rickety thing falling up the side all the way up to like thousands of feet up and then we're like literally standing on this small area of land where we've all this tiny kind of cast and crew have to huddle together in these horrible conditions we're like swarming with wasps you get so used to wasp stings that it's, you don't even bat an eyelid anymore and it's like they're, they're just awful conditions for anyone but they were total sports with it and i think i think it kind of leads from the top from the crew and the cast as well like how we behave affects the rest of everyone and and they were just they were up for everything and then that's not you know and that just gets you to the bottom of the tower and then climbing up the tower and doing the whole thing there is a whole extra layer of amazingness so they were just they were incredible and i love them bits yeah so that's the one of the things that i interviewed the grace in virginia last week and, okay, and whenever i did it was like so i watched the movie and i'm like how did they do this right you know what i mean how did you shoot it and then yeah. finding out you did shoot it a hundred feet in the air like that yeah. to me added an extra layer of amazement after the fact and it makes me yeah. want to rewatch it to be like wow this is really what we're facing because like i said even talking to them i'm like you could have filmed this three feet off the ground and made it yeah. look cool but you yeah, did yeah. you did take that risk and and what did you do in that process to to make sure Grace and Virginia were comfortable in making sure that this happened? Yeah, I think I think the key to their comfort and safety uh, was was a great stunt team. Like we had Ingrid Klein, she she's second unit director and stunt coordinator. She had a great team. Uh, they had the riggers or uh, the riggers who who did the safety rigging um, were did the Dubai. Uh, sequence in mission um so they had the like the very very best there kind of making sure they were safe and had the the kind of safety lines so if anything happened they would you know because a hundred foot whether it's a thousand foot or a hundred foot like a hundred foot you're still not coming out of that right so um they you know so we had to make sure they were safe and and it was incremental honestly like i, I like the first time we went up there, I, like I, I went up there with it, with with Ginny and Grace the first time there, and it was kind of and it was scary. Like I can absolutely vouch how scary it was to climb a hundred foot of tower and get on that ledge. Like getting on the ledge itself is actually hard because you got to lean out and over. It's very awkward, and that was almost the hardest bit. Um, but um, uh, they they got more comfortable and more in sync with the riggers and the stunt team, and and slowly and surely they wanted to do more, and so it became a thing of they weren't originally expected to do all their own stunts or anything. Like I, I did say to them, like, I want to kind of have you whatever you're comfortable with and as much as possible, but I never really wanted to push too hard because it's a very kind of risky situation. Um, and it's with the, the wind is one of the things because you're up there and the structure like this and the wind's kind of going and it's warming it around and it's, it's scary up there, I swear. And, and they, they, 
basically went forth and, and, and saw kind of what we were capturing in camera, I think, and seeing how great it was just as without any special effects, some of the stunt stuff and, and coming forward and say, look, I, I really want to give this a go. And and through the, their working with Alice and Alice, the two stunt doubles who kind of, you know, who worked the stunt out, they were able to kind of try it and incrementally do it. And that's what led to, the, to them doing their own stunts by and large. Like in the end, the, you know, we'd always have more coverage of, of course of the stunt doubles and I don't want to take away from their great work, but I think what it allowed me to do as a director and cinematographer, uh, McGregor is really getting close and kind of feature them front and center really at that height and capture it for real because they went for it. So yeah, they, they totally, they, honestly, that they got beaten up to hell because they totally kind of Tom Cruise did it all and just did it, did it themselves, you know? Yeah, Grace had mentioned that whenever you guys watched some footage back, you had to kind of get onto them and make them remind, and to remind them that they were 100 feet in the air because of how comfortable they ended up getting being yeah. up there. And yeah, it's true, <laughs> they did. Yeah, you do, you kind of forget, like I, I think after a while, right? Because they, they were stuck up there, like all day, every day. So <laughs> it was weird. All right, so I, I have to ask about the news that broke yesterday about the uh, editing of the uh, the editing of the film that that they did yes. the deep file stack to remove oh, the thirty yeah, yeah. f bombs yeah. from the rating for yeah, go to yeah. R to PG thirteen. Yeah. All I want to know is I saw the hashtag drop online. I wanted to know if you saw it said release the fuck cut, which I just <laughs> died of laughter. Um, <laughs> You know, obviously the years of the, you know, the release the Snyder cut. And I was like, release the fuck. I was like, we have. I didn't even see I, that, but I love it. That's so good. Yeah. I have yeah. to know if the Scott Manfall fuck cut will be released. Yeah. Well, I, I, ultimately, <laughs> yes, one day for sure. Like, I think, I, and look, I will say this, look, the the, the version that's going out is mine. Like, I, I don't, like, the, the, the advantage of this really was, like, I think using, I wanted my kids to be able to watch this movie in truth, right? Like, so when Lions gets jested about, about is there a version of this with PG-13, it was a case of how do we do that without ruining the movie? Because like, it's too easy. Like we've all seen it, right? Like you cut the back of someone's head and they kind of say a different line and you ruin your movie. And I absolutely did not want to ruin the movie. That was front and center. I was like, look, we've made a great movie. Let's not ruin it with this kind of thing. But ultimately, the the new technology did allow us to to like really what it was about was more being able to go to a, a an audio a, a sound studio with the girls, record new lines that actually delivered what it needed to deliver, and kind of injecting that into into the film was what what resulted in what we had. So so it was you know so because there was no way we were going back up a mountain and building another tower to shoot those lines and there was no way i wanted to ruin the movie looking at the back of people's heads so it was kind of a great solution to a problem and and i love how it's kind of turned out i think it's like I, you can't tell like I, I would i would like even though i will say i do want to release the f cut at some point right uh i think uh yeah i think that that uh i i, I really you can't even tell and that's what's great about it so i think that'll be it'd be interesting to see when people watch it because there's no way you can kind of you know it's not i had no clue i've already seen it i had no clue so i saw the report and i was like oh i didn't even like this <laughs> I, I, yeah so i mean i just, i thought it was funny and i thought the hashtag was yeah. funny just because of the years but no it's, uh, it is funny and it totally is funny <laughs> but i i yeah but i but yeah absolutely it the extended hilarious. cut will be released on blu-ray we'll get the release yeah. of fuck no, totally, trending totally. online and um <laughs> scott i want to thank you so much for your time today I really this film blew me away I was shocked I was blown away by it incredible work I can't wait to see it on the big screen because I, I saw it at home on my yeah. on my you know there's 
I've yeah. got to see, see on the biggest screen. On the biggest, honestly, man, yes. like biggest screen possible. Cause it's like, we, we shot it for that. And I think it is, a, like, I've noticed that I've going through the process, honestly, I noticed what the difference was when we saw it on a big screen. And it, so it was just, yeah, I would encourage that all the way, but I'm glad you like it though. Like, thank you. <laughs>